So let's join our hearts as we pray for God to open our eyes in his word. Lord, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your book. For your word is a lamp to my feet and a light on my path. Lord, open my heart that your truth would be my joy and my delight. For your word is a lamp to my feet and a light on my path. Lord, open my mind that you would show me the way to live. For your word is a lamp to my feet and a light on my path. Guide us by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Our scripture passage is indeed the very last psalm in the book, number 150, concluding our summertime series, Psalms for the Summertime, page 983 in your pew Bibles. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of greatness. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thanks be to God for his word. A few days after Christmas in 2019, I was driving on an unfamiliar path to a salon, gift card in my wallet. My husband, Josh, had gotten me the gift card a couple of years earlier and had told me to do it, to use it for something that I wouldn't ordinarily get to enjoy, something fun. But there the card had sat, gathering dust and losing value in my closet for a couple of years. Just kept filling up my time in other ways. And he finally said to me, if you don't go and use that card, I am going to think it wasn't a good present and I won't get you one again. So that motivated me in a hurry to make an appointment. So finally, there I was a couple days after Christmas, chatting with a cheerful and capable stylist from the chair as she made a rat's nest out of it to somehow make it look better later. And as we talked, she asked me a surprising question. She said, what's your word for 2020? And I said, my word for the new year, my word for 2020, I don't know. And she said, you know, like perseverance or focus or family or love. Sort of like summing up all of your goals for the next year into one word rather than making a New Year's resolution. Oh, I said, that sounded a whole bunch less complicated than making a list of things I should be better at, so picking one word seems like a pretty good idea. Well, I said, I think for me, the year for 2020, the word of the year for 2020 is the word hope. I chose hope, I think, because our family had grieved the stillbirth of my niece in the fall of that year, and I hoped and prayed that there would be some return of joy and some lightening of the load that my sister and brother-in-law were carrying. 
It struck me much later that hope was a more fitting word than I could have thought of prior to 2020 for the journey that we all went through that year. If the hymn writer's society of ancient Israel had held a competition for a hymn on the lyrics that detailed the word of a lifetime, the one word that best characterized the meaning and goal of human life, I wonder if our psalm this morning could provide it. The writer of Psalm 150 is certainly not without opinions about what's most important in human life. His song opens with hallelujah, closes with hallelujah, says praise him all the way between. Praise the Lord, he says, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his acts of power, praise him for his surpassing greatness, praise him with the sounding of the trumpet, praise him with the harp and the lyre, praise him with timbrel and dancing, praise him with the strings and the pipe, praise him with a clash of cymbals, praise him with resounding cymbals, let everything with breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, the song goes. You're invited. Come celebrate God with us and tell him how great he is. This praise will be loud and joyful and soft and subdued, rehearsed and improvisational, serious, playful. It will raise the roof of this earthly sanctuary and ascend into the throne room of heaven. We'll give it everything we've got, strumming and bowing and clapping and dancing and stamping and plucking and singing. Psalm 150 just puts the exclamation point on the theme of praise throughout the whole book. There are five grouped collections in the Psalms and each one of them ends with a call to praise. The Hebrew word for the title of the book of Psalms for hallelujah, praise the Lord. Somehow, every psalm in the book is an expression of praise. And finally, in the little subsection that our psalm closes out today, Psalm 146 through Psalm 150, all begin with hallelujah and end with hallelujah. So it's not hard to make the case that the psalmist might say that hallelujah is a top contender for the word that gives human life meaning and aim and purpose. So I want to look at three things together this morning. Number one, why we praise Number two, how we praise. And number three, who it is that brings praise. And so first, the why. And honestly, Psalm 150 doesn't tell us too much about why we praise. It's too full of the party of praise happening all around. 
Verse 2 mentions in very short form God's acts of power, God's surpassing greatness. But the psalm is much more interested in just doing the thing than it is in talking about it. It's as if right here at the end of a 150-chapter-long journey with God, God's acts of wonder, surpassing greatness, have already been described in full measure. There's no need for this writer to say why again. There's just unrestrained expression of joy and delight and awe. But the Psalms right preceding this one, so similar in style, 146 to 149, say things like this. Here's why. Don't put your trust in princes who cannot save. Blessed, instead, is the one whose help is in the God of Jacob, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, the Lord who remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed, and gives food to the hungry. Or this, the Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He covers the sky with clouds and supplies the earth with rain. Ah, Or this one, the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with salvation. And so the witness of the Psalms is not only that God is big and great and out there, he's also near and personal. The God who made and sustains the heavens and the earth also mends hearts, also heals wounds, also delights in the people that he saves. The whole creation is awash with his glory. And that is why we praise him. Because he's worthy of it and he commands it. And because we're made to do it. Second, how? How do we praise God? Well, in this psalm, it's quite an adventure. We praise God in melody and harmony and rhythm with every instrument, every talent, every practiced skill we can bring to bear. Brass and woodwind and strings and percussion. We praise God with our bodies. Our feet stomp, our hands clap, our hips move. Even though in our church, dancing isn't something we see too often. Using our bodies in worship is certainly something that the psalm invites us to think about. We also praise God with our words in our songs, not only the full orchestra, but also everything that has breath praises the Lord. Our vocal worship expresses and articulates in words the soaring and sighing of the violins and the drumming of the bass drum. So the orchestra repeats while the dancers and the singers get ready and take their places, and the whole body and the whole voice and the whole community join in a symphony of praise. This is a fun fact that I found this week. Did you know that it's actually physically good for us to sing? 
Researchers have been learning more about the longest nerve in our bodies, which starts up in our brain, goes down the spinal cord, and branches off into our vital organs. And using our vocal cords in song stimulates that nerve. When we sing, we strengthen that complex of nerves that prompt our body to rest, to relax, to, cover, to recover after stress. So a cheerful heart expressed in song really is good medicine. Now that benefit is super cool, but it is not our motive for praising God. It's another reason to notice and praise God for his goodness. Our God commands things that are good for us. So it's no surprise that we actually do feel lifted up, lightened, body and spirit when we praise him in song together. Romans chapter 12 reminds us that sung praise on Sunday is a pointer toward the rest of the week, the way we offer our whole selves to God on Monday. Paul says this, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to God. That's your true and proper worship. The hallelujah comes out of our mouths and goes with us all the way through the week. So we've talked about why and we've talked about how. Now let's talk about who. Who is doing the praising? Last verse of the psalm says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That everything certainly includes the human choir, but it also includes everything in heaven and everything on earth with the breath of life. The heavenly hosts and the animal kingdom are praising God too. And our offering of human praise joins with the singers in heaven and the singers in the deep. And we're connected with them in praise of our maker. John's vision in Revelation 5 echoes the testimony of the Psalms about that kind of worship. It calls to mind the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, 10,000 times 10,000 who are encircling the throne, and in a loud voice saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. John goes on to say, Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them, saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor, glory and power forever and ever. Amen. So far I've spoken only about joyful praise. That's where we are in this psalm today. But I'm also very aware that for many of us, praise doesn't come today or hasn't always come easily. Exuberance is right out of the question. And depending on where you're living right now, hearing me harp on joyful praise up here just might turn your stomach a little bit. Joy might not be where you're living. So what's the direction of Psalm 150 for you? 
Are you supposed to paste on a smile when you come to church? Praise the Lord through gritted teeth. Choke your words out from the lump that's there behind your throat. No. If you've been around LaGrave this summer, you know that in our series we've talked about confessing sin, lamenting tragedy, calling for justice, telling about God's work in history, despairing and hoping, and wrapping all of that up in a bundle that we offer to God. That's the testimony of the Psalms. Tears are welcome in worship. But I also want to point out for us who are in a journey that's not so good right now, the direction of the Psalms. This is interesting too. The direction of the book, the painful psalms and lament psalms are clustered more at the beginning of the songbook with a greater number of praises as you go through toward the end. Isn't that interesting? If the shape of the book went the other direction from joyful praise to lament and despair, if all of the psalms of praise were at the beginning of the book, and lament was at the end, boy, it would be really easy to discount the sincerity or the weight, the glory of the praise. Maybe if the Psalms ended on a note of lament, we'd just close the whole book in despair. But that's not the shape we've inherited. The shape we've inherited goes the other direction, from praise from lament all the way through to praise. Not in a downward spiral, but up to the right. So it's as if the hymn book arranger, guided by the Holy Spirit, was saying, yeah, lament is part of life. The pain claws deep. But lament is not your last word. The truest thing about you is not the worst thing that has happened to you. Who you are and who God is making you into is more than this moment of pain. The last word of your life is praise. And so when we stumble through our pain toward praise, we offer God our broken hallelujahs. And as we sing those first halting notes, we begin to sing with what somebody somewhere has called a second simplicity. And that second simplicity just means that we're coming to God through the journey with the knowledge of the pain and wrapping before him not just our joy, but a deeper joy that comes through sorrow. Even now, hallelujahs is what we're saying. Because it's still true that God is with us and God is faithful. So in that second simplicity, we praise God not from the fresh bloom of a first love, but from a scarred stump whose roots still go deep that hasn't been uprooted in the storm. And we say, let everything that has breath 
Praise the Lord. I love the picture of how God creates the first humans at creation. He scoops up some dirt and he breathes on them. And they become living beings. And at redemption, Jesus holds out his arms and breathes out his last breath. And that breath reinflates our lungs, our life with God. That breath is the one gift that God has given to us and keeps giving to us all of our life through. The one thing we can offer back when everything else is gone. So we breathe in the life that he gives us. And we breathe back out our praise. And Jesus' dying breath, he defeats the powers that held us and kept us captive away from him. In his rising breath, he calls us into his righteous kingdom for all of eternity. So all of our lives, we keep singing our exuberant hallelujahs and our broken hallelujahs. Because one day sooner than we can know, we will join together with all God's holy ones and all of creation in a celebration and a hallelujah that doesn't ever end. Thanks be to God. Lord, in this day, we will breathe somewhere in the neighborhood of 22,000 times in our lifetimes, somewhere around 700 billion breaths. You know for us which ones come with joy and which ones come with struggle. Help us to turn to you in each one and offer you our hallelujahs, for you are worthy. Amen. <laughs>